Check, check. One, two. <laughs> That's perfect. Danny, hello. Dan Tenbrink to the press box. Dan. <laughs> DJ Dan. I think when you're in that zone of doing what God calls us to do for the least of these, it, um, it breaks your heart. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Bryant Russ and co-host Cam Cam, my old buddy. <laughs> hey, guys. And our special guest today is Mr. Brian Lemon. Yes, Mr. Brian Lemon. Mr. Lemon, I got to tell you, I have been so excited to talk to you in particular. You remind me, Brian, so much of my brother who kind of, you know, at a glance, kind of like a tough guy, maybe... Uh, yeah, but then we get to know it's like man, like, yeah. there's more to that guy. You know that has been part of unfortunately my mo my whole life. Mm. Um, I was at uh, Young Lives Camp, and the gentleman sitting next to my wife at the lunch table says, "Your husband military." <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, how would that? Why would that ever be? I, you know, maybe it's my haircut. Um, it has caused some issues in my life. <laughs> To be truthful with you, of kids not, you know, I'm kind of an enigma to some degree. I'm really a teddy bear. And yet Mm -hmm. sometimes you come across as being gruff and know my word, intimidating. But I don't know. I can't fix it. Let's just go back all the way. When you were a kid, so you, I'll let you tell, what do you do here at Holland Christian? What's what's your role? I actually am a high school math teacher. Go math. Yes. My head is off to you. Yeah. What did you, is that... What did you want to be when you were a kid? Do you remember? As you know, a as, a, as a little kid, I don't know that I really thought too much about that. Mm-hmm. We played ghost man baseball in the backyard. We didn't have enough kids to play, and we played that <laughs> for hours and hours and hours when baseball was a big thing and, and um, you know, shot BB guns, and that was a crazy thing to do. Uh, but, yeah, mm-hmm. growing up, I don't know that I ever thought about getting big. I enjoyed Playing outside, the worst thing was mm. when you'd hear Brian, mom screaming out the back door that it's time for supper. No <laughs> way, I don't want to come in. Um, but so yeah, it's um. Was there a point where you're like, I'm oh, yeah. going to be a math teacher? No, yes, in high school I was going to be a math teacher. Okay, even in high school. Oh yeah, no, yeah. no, that was easy. I am um, Mr. Gus Vandenberg, one of the you know list list influential people. He was my high school math teacher, and he looked like he was having so much fun. <laughs> my dad was an English teacher, so I watched him grade. Piles of papers in the living yeah. room. I don't know if they were good, bad, and gooder. <laughs> three, three stats. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, I thought that didn't look like fun. And it's it's interesting to think about. I I I, I say I'm dumber than a box of rocks, and that's why I teach math. <laughs> uh, you just it's just you just there's an answer, and for somehow that's kind of my personality. Okay, yeah. And that might even be again a little bit of a hide behind something. There's an answer. I don't have to let my guard down. Mm-hmm. This is it. Done. We don't have to go any further. Uh, so I, I've often thought about that. Why did I choose math? I, I loved math. It always was fun for me. I enjoyed its struggles and precisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet sometimes I think if I had to teach Bible, when you got to worry about the exegesis and the hermeneutics, and do I even dare read the Bible now? Because what if I get that wrong? <laughs> yeah, you know, no, it's those yeah, kind of crazy yeah. things that go through your mind when you're so accustomed to 
I know the answer. You know, I yeah. remember that even in college, I took my last math course, but I remember I've, I've always kind of leaned more towards the humanities, yeah. English, and, and now I teach the Bible. But I remember just that you used the word precision. I remember sitting in a math class thinking like, this is, there is an answer and it's there, it's just clear and it's yeah. precise. Isn't that nice? It is yeah. nice. It was, yeah. I, I really I knew the answer, but it was just nice <laughs> knowing that there is one and it's like yeah. very clean and cut. And yeah. oftentimes in humanities or in English, you know, we'd have debates about, you know, in, in, in terms of some of the complicated yeah. human dynamic and math, it was, it was, yeah. I, maybe I misunderstand you, but it seemed free of that human, oh, complicated uh, it, dynamic. It frees aspect. you, yes. It frees mm-hmm. you almost from thinking. You just got to do it. Um, and yet, understanding why is something I've been, you know, preaching throughout my yeah, teaching career. Yeah. How do we discern with mathematics? It's 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 it's, it's an interesting thought. Mm. Um, I think that's why we choose the math curriculum that we have, kind of a you know, in context of how do we use math. To learn more mm-hmm. um, I appreciate about this that. world. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. So it's it's the curriculum is designed to be meaningful to, to kind of integrated with a person's life. Yeah, yeah. It's like I say, all in context, and um, along with that comes some struggles as well. Uh, but yet, the kids are trying to develop the math as we move through. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to solve this problem. What math do we need to know? Instead of saying, here's some math facts, here's an algorithm, figure out when to use it. Yeah. That's, I, that's, I remember doing, a, it was the pumpkin chunk in, oh, yeah, back in, in course seventh one. grade, I think, uh, yeah. because I did the advanced program yep, or whatever. Yep. Pump, and then, say it again, pumpkin chump, chunkin? Chunkin. That's what it was. Yep. Pumpkin chunk. It's a what real thing. It's a real and thing in it, Delaware. Yeah, so then years later... I'm in my junior year of math course, and we're talking about the same problem, just a yeah. more advanced version. Yes. Yep. It spirals huh. yeah. around. Yeah. So you get a context that Cam remembers pumpkin chunking. Not every kid remembers anything about math class, so <laughs> at least at least he remembers the context. Yeah. And we that was our our study on quadratics. Yeah. Um, you know. That's so good. My dad was always a little cynical of when he found out I had math homework every day. He he thought that was the craziest thing, yeah, you know. Yeah. And then, but it was he went to my math teacher when we were planting some some fields, these food plots he plants. He's a big deer hunter, and and he went to my math teacher because it was like an actual. He needed to know <laughs> how much I think it was lime to put in the oh, field, yeah. oh, and he wow. was he's, he brought the you know how many acres these fields sure. were and she she helped him figure out how much yeah uh, he needed to buy and then put yep. in these fields and it's like yeah so it's uh, kind of the other way around it's yeah. like we have an actual thing an yeah. actual need but that's that's the beauty of it right that's the kind of thing we would talk about we have here's a problem how much lime do we need to put on there we can figure those kinds of yeah. things out that's, so that's very cool yeah earlier you said you saw your high school math teacher and it looked like he was having so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> and when, when I think of math class, I don't necessarily think of yeah. a fun class. Yeah, watch it. But, yeah. there's a but, yeah. going back to uh, your math class, yeah. you you had a lot of phrases, you would say, that while I was working <laughs> on my math, something yeah, would happen yeah. and you'd spit something out like, trip time, see you next fall, whenever mm-hmm. someone would like fall while they were walking up to the room. <laughs> yeah. And... um. I could say your math class was definitely a little more fun. Well, thank you, Cam. Yeah. And um, for some, our listeners, we actually have a list. I don't know. Where yeah, did you get we this, We have a full-page list of yeah. phrases Mr. Lemon says that 
I received that from an eighth grader years ago that she just started compiling a list as the year went on, and she presented it to me at the end of the school year. Yes. And I, this is honestly, it's probably, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, wow. maybe more than that by Give now. Give us a couple, Cam. Yeah. What are some um, of Mr. Lemon's Well, sayings? one of my personal favorites, I don't know if this can go in, but I, I'm not the best math student. Oh, I wasn't Cam. awful at it, but... I definitely, it took me a second. And I'd be trying to do something, and he would pull out the, a child of nine could do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A child of nine. That was so funny. Yeah, and then again, it can get you in trouble, but it's to actually lighten the mood a little bit. Um, I actually got that one from when I was in graduate school. One of my professors would say that all the time, a child of nine. I consider that banter fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, growing up in a family of six kids, it was just what we did, um, and yet in this today's day and age, we have to be so careful. Yeah, sure, yeah. and um, does that take the fun out of it a little bit? Um, <laughs> you just have to make sure you have a relationship with yeah. the people whom with whom you're talking, because that does sound pretty darn bad. <laughs> but it's um, I, I think it's really and yet, funny because I feel like we have some rapport. You know, it's just it's just for fun, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe that's warped. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, phrases like that they kind of they can add to a more personal relationship because if you're able to throw things out, yeah. like child of nine, like oh. I'll be like, oh, <laughs> oh, stop it. Other one is I'm a moron. More on that later. You're more you know? on that yeah. later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. he'd be writing up on the board, and then he'd like write something wrong, and be like, "Oh, I'm a moron." More on that later. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So he, here's how do you deal with a student comes to you and says, "When am I ever going to use?" It? I guess you kind of answered the curriculum's designed yeah. to answer that question. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I that's still a, a problem, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I will say that. Will you ever have to write a proof in your life? Probably not, unless you become a math teacher. But the, <laughs> the, the thought process behind forming your ideas in such mm-hmm. a way that it comes out where we can say, behold, yeah. there's something mm. just beautiful to me about that. Now I know people already know, gosh, yuck, but it really, really is. There's a sense of satisfaction, and your brain is being trained differently than it is in an English class or differently than it is in your Bible class, Mr. Oz. Even think about like an athlete lifting weights. You could yeah. say, when are you ever going to do that in real life? Yeah. Well, you're not. I mean, that's you're developing it for a different context in which you, yeah. you, that muscle will be needed. Sure. Right? forces yep. you to yep. think and problem solve. So when you're actually yeah. like doing something you want to do, you're like, oh, I know how to figure something out. Yeah. So you just implied you don't like doing math, Cam? Is that I I am not taking calculus and I did oh. take pre-calc. So whatever that tells you. Oh, that's okay, Cam. Yeah. Well, I'm taking stats cuz I plan oh. to go into psych. There you go. So not everybody sense. needs calculus. No. No. So you mentioned so. Young Lives Camp. I was going to yeah. talk about that a little later. We usually start kind of lighthearted and joke around for the first... Cam usually jokes around. I try to <laughs> I, I try get him to be serious. But yes. I'd like to hear, what, what is Young Lives? I know your wife is involved with that, yeah. but I'm not totally sure yeah. what it is. Well, um, young Lives is a sub-part of a bigger young life. So there's Young Life for high school kids. There's Young Life for college kids. There's Young Life for middle school kids. This happens to be Young Life for teen moms. Okay. And my wife is the Midwest coordinator in charge of 13 states to get young lives running up and running. So it's a, it's a, a ministry. We match people. I say we. I guess if your wife is in ministry, you are by default. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we 
they have mentors that walk with these young women. You know, they're balancing being a teenager along with being a mom. Yeah. And whoo, it's hard. You, you see a lot of pain. Uh, my wife calls her job a painful privilege. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of hurt, a lot of hurt in the world. And yeah. so we, my, my most involvement with that is um, camp. Um, Young Life has a big, big deal of camp. They make camp a, they claim it as the best week of your mm-hmm. life. And I don't, Cam, are you a Young Lifer or not? Yes. Yes. Yep. Have you been I've to camp? gone to camps. Sure. Definitely some of the best weeks of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And so they have, a, a, they bring in high chairs and anything that goes along with the baby. And we turn that camp into a baby camp. So the huh. moms come and their babies come. And my role, I get to be the baby whisperer. I get to take care of a child, <laughs> be a child for a week. And um, it's the biggest, I call it the best week of my life. Um, somehow, I think when you're in that zone of doing what God calls us to do, for the least of these, it um, it breaks your heart mm. just to see the pain that these kids... Sorry, I'm getting emotional. I can't help it. It's old age, I think. We're only um, a few minutes in. Yeah, we're only a few <laughs> minutes in. But yeah, it's um, I had you, you fall in love with a kid pretty quickly, mm-hmm. and then you know. But the exciting thing is, they hear Jesus. They get to hear the story of Jesus, and if they can make a commitment, we've helped two generations. Hmm. That's what I keep thinking yeah. about. Wow, and, so um, cool. it is very cool. It's a it's a great program. Um, mm-hmm. I'm so glad to be part of it, my little role that I get to play. Um, it's, it's pretty powerful. Just sitting across the table from you, Brian, I'm thinking of in our Bible 2 class, we talk about how the prophets, they're, they're, one of their objectives is to sensitize their audience to the heart of God. Mm. We talk about the dangers of just being numb sure. to things that God cares about and just, you know, our audience can't see, but you've got tears in your eyes right now. How, can, may I ask, how, how did that happen? Like, how, how did you develop a sensitivity to, like, were you just born that way? or was You know what? That goes back to the problem that we talked about at the very beginning. <laughs> it's We talked about this before live, about insecurities. Maybe it's scary for me to really let people know. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I know. I have, I'm a sensitive guy. Um, don't always come across that way. Um, so are you born with that? Are there things in life that make you that way? I think it's a combination. I think of both things. Um, you don't always have a lot of control, you know, growing up, I figured my life was perfect. I live in a nice family and then you get married and you realize now there's two families and they're different Mm -hmm. and, um, not one better than the other. Maybe, maybe so, but (laughs) there there is, there is a difference of how things were Mm -hmm. dealt with, um, et cetera, that I kind of think plays part of who you are today, obviously. Yeah. You mentioned Brian experiencing hard things or or talk to me. I I know a bit of your story and and you share how much you're willing to share, but back uh, with your your brother, you lost a brother growing up. Yeah, yeah. We um, I'm one of six kids in the Lemon household. Um, I remember the day when my mother came up at 36 years of age and said she was pregnant, and I thought, ooh, you know, um, <laughs> that was like ancient 36. Um, and yet she said, I'm pregnant, and you're going to find out sooner or later. So I figured you may as well find out from me. That was my mother's words. And as we started watching this pregnancy. We got so darn excited that I want another little brother because we yes. were going to make him all everything, <laughs> yeah. right? And then it turned out that it was a boy. 
um, all three of us, Lemon brothers, I had two other brothers that um, claimed to be basketball players. We all got cut. You know, we're, <laughs> we were all cut from high. I went to Holland Christian. We all got cut at some point in time. And Kevin, that's my little brother's name, first Lemon that's going to represent the Lemon clan mm-hmm. on a Holland Christian basketball yeah, in the yeah. Civic Center. Um, yeah, so we... I, this is, I had to ride the bus to school and kids didn't have cars like they do today. So I rode the bus to school through 12th grade and we would literally get off the bus and we'd hurry home to see our little brother. Like really? I wanted to sit on my lap first, hmm. you know, it was, he was, whew, he was very special hmm. to our family. So that was a hard, so it was uh, my day after my 18th birthday, October 31, my senior year. Um, I'm listening to it's crazy how I remember this. Um, Bob Seeger, believe it or not, um, Hollywood Nights from Stranger in Town. I'm listening to it loud after school, kind of letting my hair down. And my brother runs up into our bedroom and says, he's bawling his eyes out and said, Kevin just got hit by a car. And I'm running down the steps and I'm seeing the ambulance pull away. This is the day before cell phones. My dad was a teacher and he rode drove buses well to help pay for Christian school. And um, my mom called from the hospital and said, Brian, it's so bad, it's so bad. Code blue, I didn't know exactly what that meant, but then he was transferred to Blodgett. Get hold of dad, get hold of dad. Well, I called Hudsonville Public Schools where my dad was a teacher, and of course he was gone. He had to go run an errand after the bus run, and um, he finally got home, and I said, Dad, we have to go to the hospital. Kevin was hit by a car. Are you driving or am I? And my dad said, oh, I knew this was going to happen. Six kids and never an issue. You know, it's kind of the odds, I guess. Um, so we, he said, I will drive. We got to Blodgett. And um, it was, I brought his favorite teddy bear. I remember talking to him and put my finger in his hand. And he pinched my finger and I just thought everything was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, as things progressed, my mom and dad stayed at the hospital. November 4, there was no brain activity. Um, and so he was declared obviously dead and, um, it changed our lives. Um, but there's so many lessons to be learned from it. Um, my mom and dad, of course, Rusty, you haven't kids can't even imagine the thought, right? You can't imagine the thought. Mm-hmm. But as a senior in high school, you depend on your parents a little bit. And I can remember saying to my dad, I need mom back. When is she? Kevin died. We need to pick up and move on. And my dad said some words of wisdom that I didn't even know that were wise at the time. He said, Brian, you lost a brother and we lost a son. And it's just different. <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh, I know. And then I, know. I didn't know what that <sighs> meant until Lindsay Lemon, my daughter, showed up. Instantly, the bond that we had um, to thinking of losing her, and I knew what my dad was mm-hmm. talking about, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. once you have your own kids, and Cam, I hope God blesses you with a family someday mm-hmm. because you think you love God, you think you love your wife, I'll claim that you don't know what love is until you have your own <laughs> child. <laughs> um, God's love just becomes alive because give up your son for these people? Are you kidding me? I, 
it just becomes so real of how, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, that just changed a lot of things about my faith of how much love he has for us, mm-hmm. that he would do that because there's no way once you have a child that you could even fathom such a thought. Um, so yeah, it was a, a real difficult time, difficult time in our family. Um, and yet, you know, I can remember kids from, I was a Holland Christian kid and, um, we had so many kids coming over and hanging out. And I remember at one point, my dad said, we are so appreciative of you here, but we need to be with our family now. Mm-hmm. And so they all had to leave. And then we just had a time of prayer. And, and, um, I can remember sitting in the front hall, just bawling my eyes out. Um, cause it was, it was hard. It was painful because he was, so, he was so special to all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's still, you know, we, we, my, I have a, a nephew who I fish with a lot, and he says, do you think Uncle Kevin would have been a fisherman too? Mm-hmm. You know, you start, you think about all these things, and um, yeah, you don't know, but um, I think he would have been. Mm. Being a parent, like you said, Lem, <clears throat> changes the way you think about things. For yeah. me, one of the big ones has been tragedy or loss. I've kind of gone back and examined and now as a father thinking, would I be able to endure some of the, the scenarios, you know, friends and, and yeah. people find themselves in? Yeah. And sometimes you say, oh, I just don't know that. They're... Yeah. And I imagine in those moments, God provides in ways that are, yeah. are you know, it's, unexplainable. It is. But... It is. It is unexplainable. I mean, I remember with, with Witty, right? It's similar scenario mm-hmm. with a head injury. It, it's just, it, you're on, it just, it just, when that happened to Kevin, Kevin Kevin, right? Um, it was, oh, it was just, it's so pain. I think that's why Witty's thing, it just hurts still because there's so many similarities. <sighs> I remember having to address the student body. My dad had written a letter being an English teacher. He was really good at it. And um, I had addressed the student body at Holland Christian. I didn't have to. I got the chance to, to just mm-hmm. to say thank you. And um, I can remember saying, um, I, I think it was a little bit false at the time, but how God's grace was sufficient, and there was still this, you know, up and down, um, and yet when I look back, as painful as it was, he uses people. Um, we talk about that here at school all the time, you know, mustard, we're bringing heaven to earth, and um, I, I think there's some some truth to that, how we were so blessed with the people around us that um, brought God's love to us. Um I think there's some wisdom here that you're able to offer us, Brian, in terms of uh, every student we encounter will experience to varying degrees, but they'll experience suffering in their lives. Sometimes when I talk about God's goodness, um, I almost, yeah, I almost want to stop and listen to somebody like you and say, so what do we do? I trust and I've experienced the goodness of God, but what do we do? How do how do you reconcile? And maybe maybe there's more to it than I understand. But how do you reconcile an experience like that yeah. with the goodness of God? Yeah, I don't know that I can reconcile it. I will say this though, and I think it probably goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I can feel people's pain, you know, mm-hmm. and you go to a funeral home for visitation, right? That's that's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. But yet I feel equipped in a way 
that I wouldn't be able to be if something tragic like this didn't happen to me. I still don't yeah. wish it happened, but I can relate better to people's pain and what they're going through yeah. because I've lived that. Mm -hmm. And you can then be that shalom, mm -hmm. perhaps, that they need at that particular time. Um, it, it has helped that yeah. for sure. Yeah, in terms of your own understanding of relationship with God, is there peace in, in the loss of a brother? And if so, is that just a trust thing without answers? Or or have there been... You know, it's an interesting question, Brian. I And I don't know that I know the answer of it yet. It might be a combination. Um, there is a a huge pain yet, as you can still tell, there's a pain in it. And, um, the hard part is, is I really wish it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And yet I do feel that your faith grows. Um, God doesn't wish bad things on us, but my wife and I, mostly my wife is smarter than me. She says, you know, everything, God uses everything mm -hmm. for his good. And that's hard to figure out sometimes what that is. And um, and I, I've come to the conclusion that it's probably okay that I can't figure that out, even though the math guy has the to math. have the answer, <laughs> yeah. right? So that's the world that. I live in. Um, Ugh, there is that, a Brian. hard, tough things to do, yeah. Um, you know, when I first, I don't know, maybe I was late to adulthood, but becoming a teacher and getting just a little glimpse into some of the situations my students were in of real pain and suffering to a degree that, you know, I was very fortunate, had an incredible childhood and, yeah. and I, you know, I really didn't experience a ton of the, these kind of these really catastrophic life-changing mm -hmm. events. But when I started to see that in students' lives, I remember um, going to, in fact, my first year as a teacher kind of wrecked me. And every single day after school, I would read Ezekiel chapter 37, where it's this, there's this beautiful scene. In fact, the day you mentioned Kevin Whitty's death, I read yeah. that every day mm. for probably a year after uh, that car accident. And there's this scene where God it gives Ezekiel a vision, and he takes him into this valley of dry bones. And it describes these bones as dry, like it's hopeless. I mean, this is dead that this is old dead, right? I mean, this is, mm -hmm. this, this is hopeless. And God asks, actually asks Ezekiel a question. He says, son of man, can these dry bones live? And I, I've just, it's, mm. it's, it's like this haunting, but it's, and, and is he, I mean, because the answer is no, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like the mm -hmm. answer, the mm -hmm. correct answer is no in that moment. But Ezekiel, this, this, you know, I think he's a little smarter than I am, has trust in this God with whom he's standing. Sure. And he says, only you know, Lord. And then there begins this, this, you know, God's, restores. And it's this vision where this, there's, by the end of it, there's this whole valley of of living breathing people wow. and God has breathed again and it's like oh <laughs> and sometimes I think of life it, we're in that place where God says what do you think you know can yeah. these dry bones live yeah and being a being a, a follower of Jesus being a person of faith my response is <laughs> sometimes like I think the answer is no but you know yeah. what I yeah. am here with a living God yeah. and you know what with Him maybe the answer is only you know Lord yeah. Yeah, oh, so true, right, with what we've been through at school here the last few years. It's it's just exactly right. Um, only Lord knows, yeah. And I, yeah, sorry, go ahead, oh, Kim. 
I, I love what you said about becoming equipped after things like this yeah. to work with other people. Yeah. Because, like, terrible incidents happen to so many things that never should. But if it were to happen to just one person on earth, who would they seek out for comfort? Who would they yeah, that's be able point. to talk with about? But things yeah. happen to multiple people and they may not be the same, but through pain, we kind of, it kind of builds this bridge to you have somebody to talk about and it's not just somebody that sits there and listens and they're like, yeah, uh, that's a story. It's somebody that feels it right. and really mm-hmm. understands. And yeah. to have somebody that really knows what you're talking about is uh, an amazing thing. Gee, that, that's why I love, and I don't mean to go all, Bible teacher here, but that's what I. That's why I'm a Christian. What you just said is is honestly why I'm a Christian. Our, the story of, of the Christian faith is that God, who is not content to just hear about this suffering, but he, mm-hmm. he's actually going to experience it. And I love a God who will go into exile all the way to death to be with his people mm. so that so powerful. in the midst of our suffering, though God doesn't always give us the answers, he always gives us himself. Mm. And that for me, that I'm I'm in this for that reason. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Sometimes just having himself is better than an answer. Yeah. Even yeah. for the math guy. So, <laughs> even for the math guy. Because <laughs> for questions yep. like these, you know, to get an answer almost doesn't even seem right. Right. Because you're yeah, like, yeah. how can? Oh, there's nothing that that's simple. Right. But yeah. And if yeah. there was just an answer, I don't know that I could comprehend it. Or, or you know, that's why no. I love Job for that reason. It's God doesn't quite give Job an answer, but <laughs> he asks him a plenty of questions to realize that, oh, yeah, like my perspective is so limited, I wouldn't be able to understand an answer if you were to give me one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. We're getting deep, fellas. We are. Oh, we are. Deep. <laughs> yeah, okay. So you're a dad. You mentioned your daughter's name. I don't even know your daughter. What's your what's your daughter's name? My daughter's name is Lindsay. Okay. So so and, tell me uh, a little bit about your family. I um have two children. Um Lindsay is thirty years old. It tells you I'm getting older. <laughs> um she's a social worker in Northwestern Hospital in Chicago. Um, oh, lives in the South Loop. It's kind of a fun place to visit. Um my cool. son Ben, he's twenty seven and he works at Engetti Church. And, oh yeah, uh, doing video production yeah, stuff, right? Yep. Yep. So he does. He's he oversees video and prose, anything that's written. Um, he gets to do it all. So sweet. Very busy, busy, busy boy. He's a talented guy. I've seen a lot of his work, and it's like, yeah, man, that, yeah, that dude knows yeah. what he's doing. He um he he is very gifted, and his um he does stuff that I don't even know what the heck he's doing. His, <laughs> his, his latest thing is to take black and white photos, and he does the research of the era of which they were a part of. And then he is saturates them with the correct huh. color plot. I don't. That's it's crazy. Awesome. Really? Yeah. It's, so he's taking some of my mom and dad's black and white pictures and of my grandparents wow. and um, has colored them. It's it's really fascinating. It's pretty cool. That's amazing. That's awesome. yeah. So cool. Yeah. You also mentioned fishing with your nephew. <laughs> yeah. Is that a big I, thing. I that's uh I love to I like to bass fish, mm-hmm. and uh, I, my nephew actually. I think, I don't know, we started fishing together, and my brother took his son's fishing. Um, I ruined my kids' fishing experience <laughs> because they wanted to go in all the time. No, we're going to catch them now. Hang on. Yeah. 
You're going to catch a fish if you put a line in the water. Dad, I want to go back in. No, it's not time. Anyway, my wife says I screwed them up. But my, my nephew and I go fishing frequently. Um, yeah. In fact, I'm going Saturday with them. So oh, um, it's really fun. Good it requires relationship. a different level of patience. You know, it's the one place I find myself able to relax. Really? I think Jesus talked about boat time, mm-hmm. you know, just to get away from it all. Um, I know what he was talking about. You have one one thought: Am I going to catch a fish or not? And yeah. you're ready to, you know, jerk mm-hmm. that thing in if if you get the if you get the bite. So it's pretty simple focus, um, but yeah. you're away from the world, and it's just really kind of exciting. Yeah. So awesome. Great. This has been one of my favorite things to ask, just for personal reasons and for the student body, yeah. if you could go back and talk to your high school self, what yeah. is one thing you oh. would tell yourself now after years of experience with life? Yeah. Um, I hate to say it, but it's going to be back to, to heavy. I, I, uh, That's right. I would say lighten up, Francis. Mm. Um, <laughs> It's, I did not experience too much joy in my life. It's painful Mm. to be truthful with you. Um, I had this get the right answer, do the right things, right? It's kind Mm -hmm. of part of my personality type. And um, so I did a lot of studying. I did, I worried about my grades, Mm. way over the top worried, Um you know, I did play sports, which was a good outlet. Um, but yeah, I would say if I could go back and tell myself, it, it, life has got to be more than problem solving. Um, mm. Harold Corver, a pastor of mine, when I taught in California, um, I'll never forget the sermon, is life a problem that we need to solve or a mystery that we need to celebrate? Mm. What was the answer? <laughs> My answer initially was, life is a problem. I yeah. got to fix it. It's got. We got to get through this. It's got. Mm-hmm. This is how it works. Steps and an and then answer. From our previous conversations about hardships and so on, life is a mystery. Uh, mm-hmm. Right? We can't figure it out. But to enjoy a journey, to enjoy the journey, um, it doesn't always have to be figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, that's how I lived my life. So yeah. I think I'd say lighten up. If I had to go back. Yeah. Oh, I think those are awesome words, especially like at this point in life, you know, right now it's got to get good grades in school so we can yeah. get a good scholarship and yeah. not be in debt forever. And then we have to go through college and focus, study hard so we can get a good job to set us up yeah. for the future. Then we have to work and work and work so we can provide for a family if we choose. But like there's a lot more to life than work. Yeah, and cool. I, I, I do feel the pain for my students, right? Mm. Because the expectations, um, we go back to senior camp. Oh man, too many people were behind that deflated beach ball and Mm -hmm. it just broke my heart. Kids who I would never have ever thought to be there. Mm -hmm. And, um, um, God is good. I know it's hard to believe at the time. Sometimes it's hard to let go of what you just said, Cam. It's so much pressure. Mm -hmm. We got to get the GPA and we, I don't. Yeah, I'm gonna butcher it, but you know, there's all kinds of little clever sayings that become cliches when they're overused. But about making a life rather than just making a living, uh, yeah. or someone asking about 
all these goals, these kind of these micro goals that I have, I, I'm going to butcher how it's supposed to be said, but you know, you're climbing this ladder, but is it leaning against the right, what is the saying, right against the right wall, you know? And, and hmm. you know, I, I think you can do this very same things, be a successful student or work hard and yet have a very different end game, have a yeah. very different thing you're pursuing or running after. Yeah. I, I don't think I've heard those. Actually, oh, yeah? I actually really like that. Make a life, not a living. Mm. So I used to teach poetry back in the day. Yeah, I used to be an English teacher. <laughs> oh, that was yeah. that was kind of like one of the conversations in the ed world and was why like poetry's not going to do anything for anybody mm-hmm. and you're right pro- you know poetry's probably not going to make anybody in my class money ever <laughs> but is this about figuring out you know how to make a living or yeah. can poetry contribute or at least you know i think what poetry represents can it contribute to making a life mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you're thinking about things and and um yeah, I mean, if anything, it can give you a mindset like there, like, is your ladder leaning up against whatever? Because you're climbing the ladder, going through the motions, but are you trying to get up to the right spot? Like, where are you headed? Yeah. Yeah. Even in my, even in, you know, as a Bible teacher, even in my own relationship with, with God, I think I often have to ask that, like, what is this about? Yeah. <laughs> Especially sure. with the Bible, right? It's like, what what am I really doing here? Mm-hmm. Am, am I like... One of the quotes that just punches me in the face every time I read it or hear it is, you you say you care about the poor. Tell me, what are mm. their names? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of like, and I imagine God saying that to me, just, Shh, you know, Brian, I don't care how many Bible verses you've underlined. If you know the culture and the context, like, do you care about your neighbor? Because if not, mm. all yeah. that is that about matter. as good as nothing. Yeah. That's why I think Young Lives is so exciting, you know, yeah. being able to participate in that. It's, so how yeah, did your good. wife get in, begin You know, she was working at church, and they were starting to think about the Holland Young Life to include a Young Lives ministry. Mm-hmm. And some of her good friends who were part of the Young Life Committee suggested that Jane should apply because it kind of fit who my wife is. And um, so she did, and so she started Young Lives here in Holland, and... Like I say, now is in charge of Young Lives in uh, the Midwest area. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. Do you have any stories or or relationships you've built built through mm. maybe through your wife through the program or? Yeah, I um, I have I call them my grandkids almost. Um, Jane in the Holland area, just for some reason, God put Andrea in our life um, with her two boys, and they're kind of my quote-unquote grandkids Mm -hmm. so like grandparents day on i think it's october 10 i'm hoping that this would be a good right here to ask deb if i can go to grandparents day at Southside. hey Um, deb is that okay if brian goes (laughs) so no these um boys are very very special um alex and christian are their name and they go to to go to holland christian it's really exciting for me and so every time we have those convocations at the be I go down and see him on the floor. Yes. You know, it's really, it's really, really fun. Wow. So, That's yeah, great. it's it's been an ongoing um, relationship that we've been at now. Well, Christian was just a wee baby at camp. I took care of both of those kids at camp, and they live in the Holland area. And so we've kept our relationship um, mm-hmm. going, and um, it's been a, a huge blessing in our lives. Very, very, very special kids. Um, 
So that's awesome. We love them to pieces. Mm-hmm. Can I ask? Um, you sounds like you do more of the childcare side of things, but what does your wife Jane? What what do they do at camp with these teen moms? Well, they try to give them. Cam could probably talk to that. They try to make it a camp experience, just like every teenager gets yeah, to experience. Yeah. And that's why we need child care. We almost have a one-to-one ratio with child care and kid babies, and um, which is good because they like to run around and stuff if you take <laughs> yeah. care of the older ones. So um, every night they get the gospel, and um, it's, it's a really well-laid-out experience. They have fun. They get to do all the fun yeah, stuff at yeah. camp. So it's that delicate balance, like I say, of, of being the mom and, and um, being a teenager. Just, I have such high regard for them. Um, Alex and Christian needed to be picked up this summer. And so I got to, quote, unquote, babysit. And I said, guys, the first decision we got to make is what are we going to have for supper tonight? So I threw some things out there, and they wanted these Tonka toaster things, pizza Tonka toaster. I don't know. People call them different huh. things, but you stick them in the fire. And I said, well, we can do that, but I don't have anything in the house. So the first thing we get to do is go get groceries. So (laughs) we had to go through all these, and then I had to make the fire. I had to cut up all this stuff. And it's like, I'm not paying any attention to the boys because I'm doing, doing, (laughs) doing. There's so many tasks. And they're playing, kicking the soccer ball in the backyard. And I'm thinking, I was exhausted. And this was four hours of hanging. Hmm. And I again, how... um, how they can navigate all of that is quite quite amazing. Mm. Sounds yeah. like one of the goals of the camp is to enjoy. I mean, to be to be a teenager. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That certainly is, and, and of course, hopefully, to hear God's calling on their lives to make a commitment mm-hmm. to be a follower. And mm. um, so, yeah, those are two headed. Yep. Oh, that, that. I mean, just talk about meaningful, uh, a meaningful job, man. Yep. And like I say, every job has. It's bedpans, so to speak, and sure. um, so there's there's challenges. There's no doubt that there's challenges, um, and yet it's what we get to be called to do. You know, sometimes I think I I struggle because I feel that when I'm at camp, mm-hmm. and my big struggle always is: should I feel that when I get to teach math? You mm-hmm. know, how? Yeah, there's a difference here. Is this because it's my job? Um, so I struggle a little bit with that. That. That joy that comes from serving, um, it's not quite there all the time when I get to teach math. And that's, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's okay. Maybe it's not okay. I don't know. I, I, that's something I think about. Yeah. That's no, something totally. I think about. And I, part of that I wonder is just that we're constantly comparing and grass is always greener, even in terms of careers. Yeah. You mentioned every job has its bedpans. I, I bet. You know, I remember used to think like if if I was a missionary or have these kind of these idealized careers in my head, yeah. that when you actually meet someone, it's like, oh, there's there's the kind of the daily grind of probably every single job out there. Mm-hmm. I think that that's true, and because that's you live day to day, and camp is a week long experience. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but I think it's a good challenge to put before myself. Um, yeah, to, totally. Maybe are you saying you just don't want to get paid for teaching math anymore? Oh, maybe that maybe would, that solve would it. kind of turn you know, it around because I you send I'm really that paycheck bad at, to me, and then you yeah. can just do you it. Could, be, imagine you the could, meaning that you'd well, then experience. You could do that because I don't know anything. Trust me, my wife is right now. If she's listening, well, listen to this. She'll say, "Yeah, Brian doesn't know anything about money." <laughs> and, um, so I, if I didn't get paid, I wouldn't know it to be. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Lemon, I said when we started. 
I've been looking forward to this conversation yeah. and it did not disappoint. I no. I'm so grateful, Brian. Just well, ugh, being with you, I'm going to be thinking about this the rest of the day. You're you're mm-hmm. somebody I really respect and look up Thank to. You, Rusty, obviously that that means a lot to me because I hold you in high regard as well. And um, so to come those words to come from you is very meaningful. I know legacy is kind of an intimidating word, but what would you say you want your legacy to be in this place? Um, or any place, what what is your legacy? You know, I hope that my legacy would be that um, we worked hard, um, and yet I hope they felt loved. Hmm. Um, that's what I, I hope. And in a weird lemon way, I hope that they, they felt loved. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be it. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Amen. I love it. Cam? Go Maroons. As always, go Maroons. <laughs> <laughs>